Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the SC Playbook podcast, the Q&A edition ahead of round eight of Supercoach BBL. Different voice on the mic this week, uh, your usual host, Tim Williams, uh, is having a hard-earned break as uh, he sort of is taking a few reps uh, in the NRL, NRL world and also, I think, uh, plotting his course to overtake the Supercoach Spy in the final two rounds of Supercoach. So you've got Max Bryden here uh, from the contributors jumping in to answer your questions for round eight, the first single game week of the year. Um, should be really fun. A bit of old school Supercoach BBL here where we're looking at a lot of bowlers uh, and all-rounders. Um, in terms of the week that was, uh, I've slipped just outside the top 1,000 um, myself. I got a, a 1,026 score, uh, which wasn't too bad considering I had Caleb Jewell on field. Uh, went a little bit lighter with double game week players this week. I had um, Cooper Connolly on the bench, as a lot of people did, which stung. Um, but I wanted to really keep as many all-rounders uh, as I could this week with the likes of Jamie Overton, Matt Short, Glenn Maxwell, who I all played. Um, who all did pretty well, particularly Overton, who scored 123. Uh, that was a monster. So glad I stuck with that. Um, and geez, what a really interesting round of Supercoach, which again just showed you um, how valuable all-rounders are. And batters and your bowlers, I think the six of the 10 top scorers for the round were all-rounders who had the ability to you know, both bat and bowl um, none went bigger than Michael Nisa. And shout out to the champ, Andrew Langley, uh, who brought him in as well, which was um, a ridiculous pod move. I think there was about 33 people uh, in the top 10% uh, who went that way, a guy who'd shown you know, basically no previous form, um, but then all of a sudden comes out, bowls his three overs for the first time since the first game of the season, then bowls four in the next game and whacks 60-odd. Um, taking catches as well. So um, the only sort of cruel thing about that for Andrew Langley, who I'm here, no one is shocked, uh, did an impressive move in Supercoach BBL, was that he had the VC on him but didn't loop. Um, and, you know, what could have been a, a monster swing uh, if that sort of comes down and he would have a few coaches in that top 10 quaking in their boots if he'd pulled that off. Uh, also, shout out to Andy Luck as well from the SE Playbook community who was up to eighth overall um, we're all rooting for you, mate, to come home with the title. Um, some really, really strong players this round who sort of uh, came to life. Not only Nisa, but Ashton Agar uh, finally taking wickets. He did fantastically well for coaches. 
uh, bowled brilliantly at showgrounds and sort of kept that form up at the Gabba as well. Um, you know, is he a trade in this week? I'm not too sure, but uh, well done to those who brought him in for the double game week or well, the double doubles really for the Perth Scorchers. Uh, and Chris Jordan as well. I mean, three wickets in his six games before this uh, double game week and then comes out and takes a threefer against the best team in the competition, the Brisbane Heat at the Gabba. Uh, and then when he re- sort of returned to his pretty average bowling form um, against the Adelaide Strikers at Adelaide Oval, smacks a quick fire 30 after you know hitting one-handed sixes in the surge. So a guy who I potted, and, and sorry for telling everyone uh, who asked that I didn't recommend him or rate him going into the round seven double game week, but again, traditional death bowling role that people would have just said, you know, at least he's giving himself an opportunity to score well, and geez, he did fantastically well. So uh, good on you if you brought him in. Um, let's take a look at the questions that the Playbook subscribers have written in to our WhatsApp chat. Of course, this podcast is available to everyone, but to write us questions, you've got to be a Playbook subscriber. Uh, the first one comes in from Jono Cram, who asks, uh, is in his semi-final of the Cash League? Well done, Jono. Um, doesn't really care about the overall, but who are the best three people to bring in this week? He's got Wade still. Uh, he was looking at Curran, but yeah, geez, about an hour ago, we saw the news break that he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, not sure on the next two. Great question, Jono. Um, I think if I had to rank the best people in Supercoach this season, and I haven't seen your team to know who you're already holding, but Jamie Overton, I think, is up there um, with just his role, batting six, bowling death, power play surge, and more so than anything, he's just passing the eye test, uh, taking catches as well, fielding in hotspots. I think he's got to be a priority trade-in on this single game week if you don't own. Um, He's also a very sneaky VC option, which I like as well. Uh, in terms of others, I mean, if, you've, if you're going to sort of assume that you've got Glenn Maxwell and Matt Short, who are also the other sort of frightening people to own, um, I really like this week the Sydney Sixers matchup with the um, Sydney Thunder. Uh, the SCG has been pretty difficult to bat on. Um, bowlers have taken wickets. So a guy like Jack Edwards could be a really sneaky option, batting at number six uh, and bowling his four overs for the Sydney Sixers, which I think is, um, is pretty hot. Sean Abbott's got really, really low ownership um, and will have to bowl surge with Tom Curran out as well. Um, the super pod to end all super pods, I think, would be Hayden Kerr. Um, don't know if I could do it myself just given um, he hasn't played so far this season, but he's a good shout to come in uh, alongside Jackson Bird to that spot that is uh, Curran's going to vacate. So he'd be a really interesting guy. Um, some other all-rounders that I think are worth having a look at uh, would be the Melbourne Stars duo of Dan Lawrence and Bo Webster, um, who, you know, if they do bowl, then they've got amazing roles, given that they both bat inside the top three. They've got the Melbourne Renegades at Marvel. It doesn't look like it's going to rain on Saturday, which means the roof will be open, which will help the batters at the top of the order as well. Um, so don't mind then. Um, then another guy who I think if you were looking for a real super pod would be Akil Hussain, who is 208k, uh, but gets a game at Marvel and gets a game at Showground. So they're pretty good, but... Um, Jono, as always, bowlers and all-rounders are your friends. Um, there's a bunch that I've just named. Um, I hope that helps you. Uh, the next question comes in from James who says, with the Heat winning last night and securing the number one spot, would you bring in any Heat players this week with the risk of being rested, noting they also have a buy in the last round? Um, firstly, I'll say that the buy in the last round isn't the worst thing because you can use them as loop players. So guys like Tall Paul, who you might own, uh, Spencer Johnson, Xavier Bartlett, like they're not bad options at all. Um, 
would I bring him in? Now, look, their batters are going to be decimated this round. They're going to lose three already, we know, in Marnus Labashain, uh, Usman Kawaja, and Matt Renshaw to the test team. Uh, we assume that Matt Renshaw will not be available as well because he'll be uh, at the training camp in Adelaide with the test squad. Um, they've got to find three. They've only got a couple on the bench in Josh Brown um, and Nathan McSweeney to come back in. The other I want to watch out for is uh, Colin Munro, who didn't field last night with an injury after batting in the first innings. Um, I think that there's a really good chance that the Brisbane Heat rest him or give him the game off, given they've sewn up first place, uh, to try and get an extra game into their batters who are going to have to play in the final. So the likes of Matt Bryant, uh, Jimmy Pearson, potentially Jack Wood, um, and you know whoever else they've got really that's that's fit. Does Michael Nisa come up a spot? Does Paul Water bat at five? Um, we, we're not really sure. Would I bring someone in? Um, Michael Nisa at a pinch, I think. He looked really good, um, bowling well in good form, could bat as high as six as I mentioned. Um, and got a big negative break even as well if you're sort of needing to make some cash in a hurry. I guess the one thing that's just playing in the back of my mind, counting against the Brisbane Heat and a guy like Michael Nisa was that he loves humidity, he loves swinging the ball, and they're playing a day game over in Perth. It's actually like a one o'clock start over there, which conditions aren't necessarily going to be suiting him for too long um, once the ball stops swinging. Um, so would I bring anyone in? I don't think so. Um, I think I'd probably avoid them. The only one you might sort of bring in would be potentially like enough. Um, next question from James is, uh, you're concerned about Bancroft's selection for the remaining games given Warner's history and they brought Jilks in last round. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about that, mate. Matt Jilks isn't a very good cricketer. Uh, and Cam Bancroft's an exceptional one. Um, the Sydney Thunder want to end the season with a bit of pride and Bancroft, I'm sure, uh, will want to show selectors uh, just how good he is. Um, he probably bats down at number three uh, with Hales and Warner to open. That's if Hales is fit and overcomes his sort of calf concern on Friday. But no, I wouldn't be too worried about Cameron Bancroft. Just note that, yeah, he probably does bat sort of one spot lower in the order. Jilks, I see, is the guy to get dropped um, for David Warner, um, as I mentioned, just because he's not very good. Uh, next question from Corey. This is more sort of a technical one. So why are leagues that have 16 teams or more have three weeks of fixtures when there is only two rounds? Um so this is basically a question for anyone looking at their head-to-head leagues. Um, I did look into this, Corey. I didn't have any 16-team leagues to compare, but I did note that in all of my leagues, a lot of them are eight teams, that um, even though it looks like there's three weeks of finals, uh, when I look at my structure, it really says I'm playing in the second week of finals this week. So I think it should be fine. Hopefully um, uh, that is sorted. Uh, next question from Corey is, do we hold Jack Edwards now that current is injured? And I'm going to say that not only is Jack Edwards a hold, but I think he's also a trade-in uh, and a guy that I'm definitely looking at. Um, his scores when Tom Curran wasn't in the team were impeccable. Um, and his bowling has come on so far in the last 12 months. Um, he will also bat at number six. Uh, and he's already passed 20 a couple of times this season. So I really, really like him. Um, I think he's a definite play. Um, and for the really bold, I think he's even a sneaky captain option. Uh, if you're very brave uh, and the Sixers get to sort of bowl first in that game. Um, what I like about him the most is just the trust that the skipper has shown in him. Um, he's bold surge. He's bold in the power play. Um, he's taking wickets as well. Um, and without uh, another sort of death bowler to come into that team, albeit Kerr's sort of done it a little bit, um, He's going to bowl a party over. So I really like the Jack Edwards shout, and he's certainly a guy that I'm looking in uh, at now, now that um, Tom Curran is going to be out. 
The only watch out on sixes, and it's only a small one because they're a very good team and they do score well in Supercoach, is that their final game of the round is at a road trip to Perth. And they haven't played too well in Perth for the last couple of seasons. So on a two-game sample size, are there better options out there? Maybe. But I do really like Jack Edwards this round. Next question from Will Sampson. He asks, not a lot of chatter about the Chief. What are your thoughts ahead of this week? Um, I like the Chief. Do I love the Chief? I'm not quite sure yet. I think that we're going to see a bit of a return to last season's Chief where he was scoring well, but he wasn't scoring well with his wicket-taking, which is typically what you want from your all-rounders. So with Haseen coming in, um, I think that Will Southern will bat as high as number six, which I think he should have been doing for a long time anyway. Um, which is great because he's going to face more balls. He's a good batter. He's a good chance of getting to 20. Um, and, you know, look, he can always bowl his four overs. Like, I don't know if we're going to see more of Kane Richardson or Peter Siddle. Tom Rogers is going to uh, play for sure. So he could bowl a little bit of death. You never know. Um, he's a really, really decent option. Um, definitely within sort of like the top six or seven options this week for sure. Um, I think the only thing that worries me about him would just be uh, if you're relying on him to score batting points, their second game of uh, the, the rest of the season, their final game of the season, rather, is at Showgrounds. Um, at Showgrounds is awful to bat on. Um, I don't think many people sort of got over 20 runs when they played that game there last night. So um, that would just worry me a little bit. But yeah, he's a really, really sneaky option. Um, don't mind that at all. Final question just comes in actually from the great man himself, uh, Tim Williams, who asks us, who are the top five targets for this week? Well, thanks, Tim, for the question, mate. Uh, love your work. Um, I think the number one um, people person that you look, could look to trade in would be Jamie Overton if you don't own already. Uh, I just think his role is immaculate and their draw is pretty juicy to end the season. They get to go down to Hobart and play the Hurricanes who they just beat up um, at Blundstone Arena, which you know offers a bit to batters and bowlers, particularly if the strikers are bowling first. I like him as a sneaky BC over Matt Short. Um, the next couple of guys are going to come from uh, the double team. So I think Dan Sams is a good one just to get ahead of the double. Um, if the Thunder are bowling first, again, decent option. We like that for our death bowlers just because people tend to be a little bit more erratic, uh, lace in the innings in the 20th over. Um, but regardless, the Thunder batting lineup is going to be strengthened with David Warner in it. Uh, and maybe the Sydney Thunder would set a total uh, that he could look to defend. So I like him. Um, I don't mind Jack Edwards or Sean Abbott as sort of number three and four in that list, just against the Sydney Thunder. Um, SCG's offered a bit to bowlers, and they're really good players. Um, Edwards I like just because you can put him in a batter slot and he'll get to bat at number six, which is pretty solid. Um, and then sort of throw a cloth over Will Sutherland, Bo Webster, who's very expensive but like a decent option. Um, they play the Melbourne Renegades at Marvel Stadium, which I think the roof will be open. Um, which will be good. He takes catches. He could bowl, and he's sort of batting at number three, which has been pretty good. Um, his batting's been a little bit off of late, but that just usually means he's due because he's been in such good form in domestic cricket so far this season. Uh, Dan Lawrence is also a sneaky one as well, just given he's been bowling a few overs of his off spin. Um, the Melbourne Renegades lineup without uh, Quinton de Kock uh, is going to be a bit hard to predict. Does Aaron Finch get a farewell at Marvel Stadium on Saturday night? I think he will. Um, you know, so there's not going to be a heap of left-handers for Lawrence to bowl to, but he's a weird bowler and he might just sort of be suited to the surface if it's going to take any turn. Um, the other really sneaky options, which I don't mind at all, come from the Perth Scorchers. Uh, and I'll tell you why. 
Now, a lot of people will be steering away from them given they've just come off the double game week and they've been pretty disappointing. Um, I know that I'm certainly looking to trade out Jai Richardson just based on the eye test. He's been really poor. Um, but the, they get to play against the Brisbane Heat in home conditions that they know well. And as I mentioned, the Heat could have up to four new batters in that top six, which is pretty unprecedented. Um, and a lot of guys who aren't necessarily in form, um, Josh Brown with Sanding, who's had a couple of good games, but uh, he'll come in. McSweeney's been sort of hit and miss. And then who knows who else we're going to see in that batting lineup uh, in either Max Bryant, Jimmy Pearson, even Jack Wood, uh, the all-rounder. Um, but I think that a guy like Jason Berendorf, who has been arguably the best fast bowler this season in the uh, whole competition, um, is a really sneaky one to, to, to bring into your team that not many people will be sort of thinking about or, or, or looking at, uh, just given that Brisbane Heat have been a fantastic team. They've been hard to score against, uh, but I do like him at home. Um, and then even like this sort of pains me to say it, but a guy like Ashton Agar, who's um, you can put into a batter's slot, so that sort of helps sort of you know reduce your risk. If it's starting to look good, bowled well again last night against the Brisbane Heat. Um, home conditions, as I mentioned, and sort of fields in places where he sort of could take catches as well. So they're decent options uh, as well in terms of trade-ins. Now, the last part of the Q&A podcast is typically talking about my own trades and VCs. And a thing that I'm thinking a lot about at the moment is flexibility. And this is something that is a lesson I'm taking from Langley uh, and the Langley method, which, um, you know, he's got more than a couple of principles the great man does. Uh, but this is one that I've really, really enjoyed this season and it's just been flexible. And what I mean with flexibility is that when I'm thinking about my vice captain for this round, I want to have options. I want to take on the first game between Hobart and Adelaide because I think that that's going to be a high-scoring game because both teams are pretty poor and there's some pretty decent players in that game. But I'm not going to be wedded necessarily to one option over the other. So I'll give you some sort of scenarios. Adelaide Strikers get to bowl first. So that will bring in two guys for me. So one will be Jamie Overton. The reason being that he will get to bowl death overs in the first innings of the game where people are going to be swinging for the fences. Uh, and beyond that, he also is going to field in hot spots. Uh, and that's all before he gets to bat as well at number six. Um, he took about 110 fielding points, uh, maybe more, when he stepped onto the ground last round by doing that role against this team. And I think that that could be a really great option uh, and one that I prefer over Matt Short if Adelaide have to bat second. Um, the next player in that scenario as a really sneaky one would be Ben McDermott. So if Ben McDermott gets to bat first, then I really, really like that for Ben McDermott. I'm going to say and hope that he continues to open the batting. He sort of fluctuated in the order, but he's found form there uh, this round. Even if you sort of flash back to that Gabba game, uh, wickets were falling all around him and he was sort of stuck at the other end, biding his time. Um, and he could do that again this game at a home ground that he knows very well. So I think he's a really interesting potential sort of VC option. I'm probably in the Overton camp uh, over him. But I do like that. Um, and then if Adelaide have to bat first, then I think Matt Short becomes a, a really, really good option. Now, Hobart and playing in Hobart isn't playing at the Adelaide Oval, right? Where it's flat and it's short and he knows the ground very, very well. Having said that, in the past has been a place that you've scored, like you can score really well. 
But the first inning score and the average there, there's a considerable difference between playing first at Hobart and uh, sorry, batting first at Hobart and then batting first at Adelaide Oval. So Matt Short's a fantastic option, don't get me wrong, and he does sort of do all three facets of the game, bat, bowl, and, um, and, and field in places where he's going to take catches. But I don't think he's an absolute lock. So that's the kind of flexibility I'm going to look at from my C and VC. Um, my captain, if it doesn't sort of come off between um, Overton Short or McDermott in the first game, it's going to be hard to overlook Glenn Maxwell. Um, rivalry game against the Melbourne Renegades. There's a bit of narrative there. Um, he's scoring fantastically well. He's taking wickets. He's bowling his overs. I think the thing with him, though, is well, he hasn't had that signature batting innings yet. Uh, and would you back against him doing it against the Melbourne Renegades? I don't think you would. Um, even in the last game against the Sydney Sixers, he looked amazing. Uh, he was brutal, just smashing bowlers um, straight down the ground. And uh, it was really just him sort of losing his head uh, and, and skying a catch more so than the bowlers kind of working him out uh, that sort of held him back. The Stars need to win to, to lock in that fourth spot with the Adelaide Strikers sort of hunting them hard and with two good fixtures to come against Hobart and the Sydney Thunder. So... Uh, if the Strikers win on uh, Thursday night, then the Melbourne Stars will need to win to, to lock in that final spot whether they'll be desperate for. So uh, Glenn Maxwell looms as a good captain option. Um, some other guys that you could take might be from the Sydney Sixers as well, either like a Sean Abbott if the Sixers are bowling first, uh, or a really sneaky one would be potentially Jack Edwards now that Curran's out. I think Curran was another guy I was looking at. Um, so, yeah, there's options across the board, but flexibility uh, is what I'm stressing. Uh, the trades as well. I'm going to farewell Aaron Hardy. Um, he's amazing. I can't remember the last time he didn't score 20 runs. However, I want as many all-rounders as possible, and he costs a lot of money, and he's my path to Dan Sams this week. Uh, so Hardy's out. Uh, I've got 155000 in the bank, so I can afford to really sort of dump a guy off the bench who's not going well for me, and that will be Sam Whiteman, uh, more likely than any other player, just because I can afford to do it. Um, I am also looking to get rid of Jai Richardson, although I want to be flexible. If he doesn't play, uh, then he could be my loop option. Um, my third trade is either going to be enough. Uh, I'll look at a guy like Hugo Burden from the Brisbane Heat, who's bat bowl 42K, um, and they have the buy in round nine. So in which case, he's the perfect loop as long as he doesn't play in round eight. Uh, so it's just going to be eyes up and, and picking whoever's not um, in the game to be that loop player for me. Um, and that will be only needed if Chowdhury comes off for me, who I'm going to loop in as well. Um, and I love Chowdhury, and I, I think that having him on field is completely fine. However, um, you know, it's Supercoach BBL. Giving myself a loop is just one way to give myself a little bit of a leg up. So if I don't have to loop Chowdhury, uh, then it becomes interesting because I could put on field a guy like Marcus Stoinis or... Uh, I could trade in someone like uh, Will Sutherland and Akil Haseen uh, or even like a, a Sydney Thunder bowler or something like that just to get ahead of that round nine double game week. So I hope that helps. That's my trades. We're almost done, guys. We've just got uh, two more rounds to go in BBL Supercoach. Uh, good luck. I hope this uh, Q&A helps you out. Uh, I hope you win your head-to-heads. If you've got some of them coming up, I hope you trade well. But more than anything, um, we've got some awesome games of uh, BBL to look forward to this round. Uh, not only do we have another top-of-the-table clash between the Heat and the Perth Scorchers, we've got two derbies. We've got the Sydney Smash uh, and the Melbourne Derby as well. So uh, plenty to watch for and enjoy as we count down towards the end of this season. 
Uh, as I mentioned, any more questions for subscribers, you can hit me up in the SC Playbook podcast. Thanks for tuning in and good luck in round eight.